You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and as always, this is presented by Upland Brits. Also brought to you by Gunner Kennels. I've personally used and tested every major kennel brand on the market today. After months of hands-on experience, Gunner is the only kennel I'll use for my favorite bird dogs. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. That's a gunner kennel. Also brought to you by Trinity Bretons. For over 32 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to bring you the best bred Epignol Bretons in the country. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Also brought to you by Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. Anook Shook's dense formulations ensure that your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field. Anook Shook works hard so your dogs can work harder. Also brought to you by Pointer Freaking Traditions, baby. They have their brand new vintage collar, uh, camo collar out now. You're going to want to check them out and check out that brand new release uh, over at PointerTraditions.com. Hey, also use promo code ROOKIE15 when you're checking out at Pointer Traditions. It's going to save you 15% off your entire order at PointerTraditions.com. So make sure you use that code when you shop. And also brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Use promo code TUR20 for 20% off your Onyx subscription. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 42 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today on this episode. Thanks for staying along on the ride. Uh, It's been a ton of fun uh, watching this thing grow, getting to chat with some amazing people along the way. So thank you guys. Um, Guys, it is hockey season right now. It is the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and I could not be happier. Uh, There are, we're in the first round only right now of the 2022 uh, playoffs and man, there are games on every single night. Uh, There's four games on every single night and it is freaking heaven. Uh, Loving this time of year. Uh, my wife might, might not be real happy with me. Um, we only watched one episode, or not one episode, <laughs> one game yesterday on Mother's Day. Uh, it was late at night. We were watching the, uh, was the Edmonton uh, LA game. And uh, yeah, so great time of year. Great time to be a hockey fan, um, unless your team didn't make the finals. But um, super fun. And how about them Avs? How about them freaking Avalanche guys? It's uh, it's been fun to watch them. I'm not sure if you're, you're a hockey fan or not, but bear with me as I uh, go on a little hockey tangent here. So, um, guys, the Avalanche are crushing life right now. Uh, this is Monday, I don't know, May 
May 9th right now. So they have game four against the Preds tonight, and I'm hoping we can can put them away right now, get a couple of days of rest. Uh, hopefully Kemper's healthy. He got a stick in the eye a couple of days ago, and so I'm probably just recapping what you may already know if you've been following along. But um, the other game I am interested in for good reason is the St. Louis-Minnesota series, and uh, they play tomorrow night, Tuesday. Uh, so Nick Larson, y'all know Nick Larson uh, over at Birdshot Podcast. Uh, Nick Larson's been doing this a long time. Um, we are not related, by the way. Nick and I are not related, at least that I know of. Um, we he, he's an O N Larson with an O N. I am Larson with an E N. Uh, my grandparents are Norwegian, so that's kind of where that E N comes from. Uh, Nick, I'm not sure where you're from, brother, but uh, anyways. <laughs> Anyways, how does Nick come into play? Well, Nick and I have a little friendly wager going on um, on whose team is going to make it further in the playoffs. And so uh, I, my money's on the Avs. His is on the Wild. Um, so I think their series, the Wild series, is, is tied up 2-2 right now against the Blues. And so we'll see if they can they can turn things around. It's been kind of a back-and-forth series, a uh, couple couple big games for each team there. And so we'll uh, we'll see. It, it's got me... Got me more curious on, on watching that series a little bit closer. Um, so Nick, may the best team win. Uh, good luck. I, I know you got Flurry, and you're, you guys are feeling good on defense there. But um, I, I think I'm feeling that all roads to the cup are going to go through Colorado. And so, um, yeah, good luck. Colorado, I, I think, is going to kick ass. <laughs> I'm just saying uh between their top line McCarr, all those guys you got Devontae's. i mean we're, we're rocking all cylinders right now so um yeah fun times to be a hockey fan um yeah i mean who you guys got we i mean i got i got brackets filled out here right next to me of, of who i got going for further in the playoffs but uh but yeah shoot me a message who you guys got in the in the finals uh east first west uh who's your team who you pulling for you know, let me know. I'll chat hockey and bird dogs all day long. So we'd love to hear uh, who you guys got here in the playoffs. So moving on back to <laughs> why you guys tuned into the podcast. Um, hey, super exciting. Um, I have a giveaway announcement I, I want to tease here on the podcast. Um, you all know I've been working with Pointer Traditions for uh, several months now, and I'm teaming up with them to do a give a giveaway, uh, a Pointer Traditions giveaway. And I don't know if you've seen their brand new Wing Shooter Vintage Camo Collar yet. Um, they just dropped this last week, and this is a freaking badass looking dog collar um they did a really nice job with this vintage camo uh all the pointer traditions classic uh quality hardware that they're using and it just looks freaking sweet um so we are going to uh, be making an instagram post uh here in the next several days uh probably thursday or fr- i'm not gonna put a timeline but thursday or friday maybe maybe early the following week um we just gotta get a few things ironed out uh to be able to post it 
But uh, so we're going to give away not only this brand new uh, wing shooter vintage camo collar, um, but also a, a, a leash. And so it's going to be a kind of a spring training combo. Uh, we're going to call this and uh, we're going to pick one winner uh, to walk away with this uh, this little prize pack. And so, again, the collar looks phenomenal. They make quality, quality products. I'm really been uh, happy to work with David over there at Pointer Traditions. And so, David, thank you for uh for letting us do this giveaway um again more info to come so uh keep an eye out on their instagram and my instagram um, we'll release the details and how to enter all that kind of stuff in the next few days and so um, just want to make you aware of that super excited uh to what they got cranking out here over at point traditions uh they're doing some some great stuff uh everything's made here in the usa which is so awesome and it's just it's just quality gear so anyway stay tuned for that um okay today's guest um really excited uh scott widden and i uh we were chatting on instagram a few weeks back and uh we both live in the burbs um just condensed crowded areas lots of people not easy quick access to land all that good stuff and so uh, scott kind of posted the question out there you know what what was it like or what are some of the challenges that we have uh, as bird dog owners and trainers living in urban areas and kind of got got the wheels turning and uh, wanted to sit down and do an episode with Scott um, and also he's a brand new hunter he's brand new to upland hunting bird dogs training DIY training all that stuff and so it was just fun to uh, pick someone's brain get to know their story um, you know again Scott's lens is brand new to upland hunting and so it was really fun to see uh, some of the passion and excitement through someone who's, who's just getting into this um, he's got two young bird dogs already and he's just trying his best to you know develop them work with them and uh, it sounds like he's having a ton of fun along the way and so again we unpack a lot of you know what it looks like to you know just have to be creative uh you know not not living in the country and having acres and acres of land like what are some of the things we have to do uh living in the burbs uh having bird dogs and so before we dive into the episode i actually want to kind of unpack a little bit more in detail um kind of from my side of things of what, um, you know, what are some of the things I, I do or, or, again, some of the ways I have to be creative um, in living in the burbs with, with bird dogs. But um, as, as some of you may know, I, um, for conditioning, uh, getting my dogs out to run and exercise, conditioned, uh, I'm, I'm an avid uh, biker. And so a few years back, I started hooking the dogs up to um, my mountain bike and just letting them roll. Um I don't have one of those uh, harness systems yet, one of those bike joring systems. Um, I know I talked about one of those with um, Brian from Anookshook a few episodes back, and uh, I'm looking into one of the, the bike joring systems not to get the leashes tangled up in the, the bike tires, but I'm kind of doing old school. I just have a, a kind of a simple dog harness from Roughwear. Uh, I'm attaching it to the to the bike, and I'm riding the brakes pretty hard because I'm not going for speed. I'm kind of going for that. I, I want my dogs to be pulling that resistance. And um, so, I mean, yes, I will burn through brake pads quite frequently on my bike, but um, it's worth it. Uh, one, I'm trying to be as safe as possible. Um, but, uh, but also, I, I, you know, I don't need a dog going full out for, you know, a few miles. I'm, I'm going for kind of that... Uh, low resistance, 
uh, he's, he's pulling a, a big human behind him. And so, uh, building cardio, building strength, muscle tone, all that kind of stuff. And so that's something that's worked really well for me, uh, living in the burbs here. I got some, some trails next to my house. I can, I can get on those and kind of be away from people, uh, which is nice. Um, but that's, that's been the big thing, uh, getting conditioning. Uh, I also have a state park area. Uh, I have a couple off leash dog areas that I really don't love, uh, off leash dog parks really, really <laughs> dislike them. So if I, if I have to, if I'm, if I'm, if I have to do something very quick, if I have to let dogs run quickly, um, I will, I'll go super early in the morning, but even then I run into people still and they just annoy the crap out of me. Um, so my best luck is going to, to those kind of dog parks really late at night. Um, last night I did it. I took my kids, um, took the dogs over the dog park. It was dark out. It's probably, closed down at that point, but, um, no one really cares. And so I went there, had the dogs, little Garmin, Gar- Garmin collars on with the lights on so I can kind of see them run around. Um, but that was nice. Again, just letting them, that's just peers, letting them run condition, have fun, get out there and run. So, um, again, that, that might not be unique to bird dogs, but uh, again, whenever I run my dogs, I'm usually running them with an e-collar or whatever, a tracking collar or something like that going to the dog park here in Denver, Colorado area, um, you just get so many damn questions with people. What's, what's that on their neck? Oh, oh I never heard of that. It's just, it annoys the crap out of me. People there with their little chihuahuas and I don't know, labradoodle things and fl- I don't know. It just annoys the crap out of me to be around people. So I try to stay, uh, stay clear of that and, uh, try to kind of be off by myself with the dog. So, um, that's kind of conditioning stuff. Again, I mentioned the state park. Um, there is a, uh, state park near me that, um, has kind of an open space area that is, n- is not really well known. And so I, I found that kind of stumbled across this and that's been nice. Again, n- not seeing a lot of people. And if I am, it's mostly other, uh, sporting dog kind of people. And so that's, that's nice to be around. You get to meet some cool people there, but they're all having dogs that are, um, either, you know, retrievers or hunting dogs or some kind of working dog. And so, um, that's been kind of a nice little gem to find a piece of land that's kind of dedicated for more working dogs. And so, um, that's been really nice to find as well. Kind of, again, pretty close to my house. Um, and then th- that same area has uh, has water too. So in the summer, I'm, uh, I'm I'm going super early in the morning or late at night again um, to the water area, doing some retrieves, conditioning, all that kind of good stuff. Um, other than that, I've I've been known to uh, there's some open space area by my house, and I've been known to take a dog and take a bag of birds <laughs> down to this open space, and you know. To work on some work on some drills and, and that kind of stuff so um it's again kind of the name of the game is being creative being uh just trying to think outside the box you know not having to drive an hour two hours away uh for for property or land or to get your dogs uh, working so um yeah that's that's kind of conditioning training again those are kind of quick things i'm doing around my house where it's not taking up a lot of time because um, again let's be honest we got all have jobs, dogs, families, kids, activities, all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes I, I don't have the ability to drive an hour, uh, hour out to some property I have and, you know, work on birds and beautiful grass and all that stuff. So I just don't have the time, uh, to do that all the time. So 
sometimes these quick little remedies uh, work work pretty well. Um, like I mentioned, there's a, there's a club I belong to. It's about an hour from me that uh, has homing pigeons and some great, great acre, acres of property I can use. And so, again, if I have more time, if I have a day off of work, something like that, I'll run out there in the morning and do a little bit more formal work, uh, some other hunt clubs near me. Um, so just, just finding those um, finding those resources. I mean, I'm sure where you live, there's got to be some some hunt clubs or, or properties around you that, you know, do some kind of a small membership or something like that. Um, but that allow you to uh, to run your dogs or train your dogs year round. Um, took me a little bit of digging, but I, f- I found some um, good, good old internet. <laughs> it definitely uh, helps out these days with that kind of stuff. So just do your homework and look around. There's got to be some places, uh, hopefully around you, that you can get your dogs out off leash, let them run, work on some birds maybe. Um, so you just got to got to do your homework a little bit and uh, search around. So. Um, those are, those are some of the things that I've been doing that I've done in the past. And again, just, um, yeah, it might look different for me, uh, or, or Scott here that you're going to hear coming up in a little bit might look different for us than it is for someone that lives in the country and has a ton of property or someone that lives in the city. I don't know, wherever you live, it's going to be super unique, uh, to your situation, but, um, anyways, thought uh, thought that could be helpful for you. Uh, maybe you live in, a, in the suburbs. Maybe you're you know finding you know finding it challenging to uh, figure out a, a training plan or a workout plan for your dogs, or, or maybe you're tired of going to the dog park. <laughs> Just maybe adjust your times uh, so you're not you're not seeing a ton of people. But um, yeah, as much as I can, I love love let my dogs get off leash and and away from other people, away from other dogs. Um, just some weird things can happen when there's, I don't know, greyhounds and great Danes and Britneys all, all together. So try to stay away from those as much as possible. But, um, anyways, I'm, I'm rambling now. I'm going to jump in to this episode with Scott Whitten, uh, on episode 42. Enjoy. In urban areas, they're, they're always, uh, you know, they're on a farm or wide open areas. And I'm like, that's just not that's just not me. Like I live on a third of an acre. <laughs> so, and it's not know, realistic. Live, no, it's not. And uh, you know, a lot of, you know, what they're doing requires space yeah. and I don't really have that. So I have to kind of be a little more creative about how I approach my training and yeah. not to mention I'm, I'm, I'm a novice. Like I am true sure, rookie. Sure. Like, like I started, um, th- this is going to be my second season now, but my nice. first, uh, like I got my first bird dog, which was a Boykin Spaniel. His name is cotton. I got him okay. in July okay. of 2021. Nice. So I, yeah, and that, and that so was your first. That's my first. Oh, this is going to be fun. Dog. This is going to yeah, be fun. So, and my whole intentions were like, I'm just going to, tra- I'm, I'm going to send them off to training, you know, cause yeah. I got all pumped up on like, sure. uh, you know, cause I, I go to Arkansas and hunt. I, I have for the past like three seasons yeah. and seeing those dogs work and how they just operate are, I mean, it's truly amazing mm-hmm. what you can get a dog to do. And that, you know, that kind of lit the fire in me a little bit. I was like, man, yeah. you know, I, I, and I was talking to them and they were like, no, I sent them off to go training. I'm like, okay, you know, me yeah. being kind of naive about it. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just do that until I get the dog and I start researching how much it costs. Per sure. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like for that price, I could just buy me a really nice brand new truck. Yeah. Like, is, you know, and, oh, we've all been there. We've all made that comparison. really. <laughs> yeah. And so with the thing about Boykin is like, we have in my state, 
Blaine uh, Tarnecki, I'm not sure. I'm probably butchering his last name, but he's probably one of, if not the best, Boykin Spaniel trainer in the country. And, you know, he is very high dollar. And he's and in he's in Georgia? Yeah, he's in Georgia. Okay. He's uh, outside of Dublin, which is kind of like southeastern portion of the state. Okay. And, and so, you know, I can't afford to do that. So I've had to kind of learn the hard way and, you know, and. Yeah. Just figure it out on your own and be creative. That's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, that's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Let's, let's back up a little bit. Uh, first off, tell us who you are and okay. uh, put us on a map and just, yeah, okay. tell us a little bit about who you are. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, my name's Scott. Um, uh, you know, I live in Ackworth, Georgia, which is like 30, 35 minutes Northwest of Atlanta. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a firefighter EMT. That's what I do for a living. Um, so, uh, that's, you know, that helps me out with a little bit on my off time to, you yeah. know, do what I got to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just like kind of a, you know, a true, you know, up on rookie man. Like I'm just <laughs> cheers. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's the learning curve is, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty steep, but you know, it's, you know, just got to keep at it. Absolutely. Put that mug down for those, yeah. for those that can't see this. For those <laughs> that can't, that. He, he's rocking the uh, Georgia Bulldogs national championship uh, uh, mug. And so thankfully I'm not, offend, my, I'm not offended. I don't have strong ties to, to college teams, but uh, well, I got my um, Atlanta Braves championship shirt too. I just don't have it on right now. So oh, it was a great right. year last year. Great. Did you guys great win? Year. Did you guys win last year? Oh yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I do not yeah, follow beat, baseball. Uh, so we beat the Astros, man. And uh, okay. you know, we beat yeah, it was great. No one likes them either, man. <laughs> no, so no. Yeah. no one likes so, them. Didn't the uh uh didn't the Cubs beat the Braves when they won uh in twenty fifteen? Or who who did the, do you remember? Uh no 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 no. The Braves uh they probably faced them in the early round of playoffs. Oh, but, okay. Um, I forget who the Cubs yeah. won against in the uh in the World Series. Forget who it was. That's yeah. one of those one of those baseball teams. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, maybe we can maybe we can start a little uh, little college football chat when this episode oh, yeah. drops. <laughs> sure people <laughs> people will have some opinions. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of strong opinions on that side too, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan, maybe. I don't know. I don't know who I'd vote for. <laughs> who I'd pull for. Ooh. <laughs> See, I'm just going to like stir the pot. I'm just going to start throwing names out there. And... Yeah. Well, you know, if you can just look at the score of what we played them and you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there, there you're good. Mm. Well, good times, man. Good times. Um, yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun to, uh, uh, get to know you a little bit more, get to know your story about, uh, again, fresh getting, getting started into, yeah. uh, upland hunting, dog training, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, let's kind of jump in a little bit and, and just kind of go with like, what, so you, I think you mentioned earlier, like you've been at this about two years or so yeah, about maybe, a year and a half. Yeah. Maybe less. Okay. Like, like what, tell us your story. Like, let's go back. Like, did you grow up hunting? Okay. Yeah. What, yeah. what got um, you into hunting? I grew up in uh, Southwest Georgia, um, outside of Albany, a little town called Sylvester. And it is probably the Mecca for quail hunting in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like you go to Southwest Georgia to hunt quail. That is, and I'm talking about like really like 
you know, high up government officials come down, you know, it's like it's all celebrities. Plant, like plant, plantation yeah, kind of stuff. Plantation, okay. Yeah, big yeah, big plantations. But there's also wild birds too. Like I grew up on 10 acres, which, you know, I kind of took for granted, mm. you know, but, you know, I grew up on 10 acres out in the woods on dirt road and it wouldn't be anything for me to, to flush up coveys on my property, just mm. going through the woods playing oh, wow. and you'd see, yeah, you'd see quail, you know, r- crossing the roads, you know, in fields, you just, and you could hear them at night, you know, the Bob whites yeah. making their call. So it was nothing to, to hear that all the time. And you just kind of, mm moving up here um you really take that mm. you know you don't it's kind of like man you know i had it, i had it really good down there you know and, sure sure 10 acres but, is no, no joke no nah, it ain't man especially <laughs> if you're a kid mowing grass man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's a big yeah. deal staring oh, yeah. staring at you always, always that, something to do man absolutely yeah. so did so, your family yeah, yeah yeah go ahead like I, well i grew up in a single uh you know, single parent home. So I didn't have a lot of opportunities to go hunting. You know, my granddaddy, he used to farm, but he got out by the time I was born. Um, so I, we didn't have any land to go hunt. Didn't have a lot of friends. Cause you know, people were real kind of, you know, hesitant just to be mm. letting people come on their, their leases or their sure. property. And, you know, I understand. So sure. I didn't, I didn't really do a lot of hunting growing up. Um, and then, you know, when I turned 18, I joined the military, I joined the Navy. So I went off and, um, you know, when I came back, um, I started, uh, you know, my firefighter EMT training and I didn't really get into hunting until I got into the fire service because, you know, those guys, you know, especially in the South, there's a, you know, a lot of those guys with the time off, you know, they have the opportunity to, yeah, to go off and, and to hunt. So I started going with some of my buddies, you know, deer hunting and turkey hunting, but mm-hmm. upland hunting was, is very, very new, yeah. uh, maybe five years ago. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, yeah. Was there, was there any kind of turning point for, for upland hunting or was there some buddies you knew at the fire station that were into it? Like what, so it sounds like you got exposed to deer in Turkey a little bit. Like what was the turning point for Upland? Well, I actually, um, started, uh, waterfowl hunting recently. So that was, that's what I thought I was going to be into. Waterfowl? I was like, man, I'm just, yeah, I was just, man, I'm just getting, I'm just like super pumped. Like went on my first snow goose hunt, Oh, um, nice, nice. you know, about four years ago. And, you know, took my buddies with me. We had a good time. And, yeah. you know, I've been, like I said, I've been to Arkansas for the past, like, three years, speck and, and duck hunting. Okay, And nice. I love it, but I've noticed, um, well, I'll, I'll just kind of get this way. But my first upland experience was actually on a hunting preserve. Hmm. And it was more of, like, wanting to – do something for my father-in-law. I just kind of sure. wanted to just do get out there. Weird. Yeah. 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 Cause his birthday was in January and our, um, our upland season goes from October to, um, March, okay. then to March. Okay. And so we can hunt on honey preserves there. So we booked one booked to hunt and that experience kind of lit the fire a little mm. bit because I, I've never seen a pointer um, like working up until that, you know, and, um, you know, our guide had, um, some, uh, English 
pointers and they were spastic, man. But like, <laughs> it was like, I had never seen a dog. Yeah, it was a whole new experience for you. Yeah. It, you know, watching them was almost as fun as shooting the bird. And I was <laughs> like, man, like, this is cool. Like, yeah. I just like, just, it just kind of imprinted it on my brain. I was like, man, I, I've got to try to learn how to do this. Yeah. And so, you know, a couple years later, you know, I was like, you know what? I want to, I want a dog. I want to, I want a hunting yeah. dog. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what led to me getting two. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah. Um, did you, did you get two at the same time or did you space it out a little bit or? No, I, I did the the dumb thing and I got them pretty much with the six months apart. Okay. So, like, <laughs> hey, all good. All good. Yeah. It yeah. happens. So I, my, um, my Boykin, I got him in July and then I got my German wire hair pointer in um october okay oh, all right boykin and wire hair talk about talk about that a little bit um i want to circle back yeah. to a little bit more of the getting into upland but that fascinates me a little bit like what was your yeah talk about your method on on boykin and then the wire hair yeah so my only experience with hunting dogs growing up and to this point had been labs and those english pointers and i knew i didn't want an english pointer just because i saw how wild they were you know okay. i mean i was just like well you know i got a kid you know i got i got sure, to live sure, in the home. sure. Yeah. <laughs> like you know and space and space was an actual factor okay. because i was like well i don't want large 100 pound dog on a third of an acre inside of a house you know because i'm like you know i so practically that would just wouldn't feel right <laughs> yeah so I'm, i know it can be done and you know guys are probably listening probably had that situation going sure. but for me and my wife and so we were like we i wanted it was between a cocker spaniel and a springer spaniel because mm. i knew that's the size is what yeah. i was mainly looking at and yeah. i kind of went down that rabbit hole man and i just came across a boykin spaniel mm. and i was like what is this i was like <laughs> i've never seen this dog never heard of it yeah. like, and so i went down the rabbit hole and i was like man this is this is a cool looking dog. And I showed yeah. my wife and she was like, Oh my God, it's gorgeous. <laughs> they, they're and, pretty dogs. Yeah. And you know, so the more I started researching, I was like, man, it's kind of like an American made dog, man. It's like, <laughs> it, it was like a mutt and you know, it was, you know, bred into this hunting machine that can do anything. And yeah. that's what I like. Cause I was, I'm still, I still like waterfowl hunting. Yeah. So I wanted a dog that could do both. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You were, you were already at that point being new to this, you were already thinking like for your situation and your style, like you were thinking through like, you know, what kind of hunting you're going to do. And that's, that's smart. A lot of people <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of what led me to the Boykin and uh, you know, they are uh, it is probably like, I love watching him. Uh, train and hunting because he has a motor that I'm, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like, you know, when you see a dog that just truly enjoys like being with you and training and sure. hunting, you can genuinely see that on him when yeah. we're out there doing it. That's so cool. it, that's, that's cool to me. So like my wife is like, we'll always have a Boykin Spaniel, yeah. you know, cause of, yeah. And he's that's, really good with my kids. So oh, that's, that's awesome. another plus. Yeah. That's awesome. Great size temperament. I hear, 
Um, oh yeah. Have you have you talked to uh, Chris Majette at all, the hunting traveler? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I oh, have reached out to him. Chris, yeah. Chris, I know he's gonna be listening to this. You're gonna be all excited. Yeah. We got Boykin on the on the podcast. Oh yeah, I have reached out to him actually for training advice hmm. and you know for other you know because my dog got injured. So like okay. I I've reached out to him several times. Nice. And he's I actually found yeah oh, yeah very knowledgeable uh, and you know that's uh. We'll probably get to that later in this podcast, but that's, that's part of what you got to do. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, having my situation is kind of reach out to guys like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that's the Boykin. And then you picked up a wire hair. What, yeah. what, what happened there? What, what flipped? Uh, I wanted a pointer okay. just because a, a dog pointing on a bird is probably one of the sexiest things that you can see. <laughs> a hunting man. Agreed. Agreed. And, it, it is like when a dog locks up, you know, it's just on a bird. It, and, you know, why, inv- you know, I, I know a lot of guys probably will agree to this, but you no, know, looks matter. Like, yeah, if you don't like it, yeah, like yeah. you have to like the look of the dog. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I just dig the wire hair look, man. It's all like the beard. The beard. And, you know, just, yeah, to me, like that's what like a, a hunting dog should look like, in yeah. my opinion. I yeah. know like everybody's got their own flavor. Totally. And that's cool. Everyone's yeah, gonna have but, it. Yep. Like, yeah, but mine, it's like, man, when I see a hunting dog, like a pointer, like I just like the beard. It just looks yeah. masculine. It's just like, I mean, everything that I thought a hunting dog should look like, that's why I that was your picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's and, what they say. Know, fear the fear the beard, right? <laughs> Oh yeah. And you know, I did, I started doing my research and it was a versatile breed. So I was like, okay, well I can take him out and waterfowl hunt with him. Granted, you know, obviously there's going to be limitations to, you know, how cold I can, you know, sure. water I can put him in, but you know, where I hunt, you know, it doesn't get too, too cold here in Georgia, sure. but um, you know, if I do take him on trips, you know, you know, I can put a vest on him and he'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. So, that's perfect. Is he, is he a pretty good retriever too? Um, yeah, there, he has a lot of natural ability, like, but I've noticed with retrieving my Boykin, he will retrieve until he drops dead. <laughs> you can throw a bumper or a ball you know, and he will bring it back to you. And, you know, he had like, he'll just do it till he just drops it. Mm-hmm. My wire hair, on the other hand. He does it, but then he's like, okay, so what do we do now? Like this <laughs> what's, is what's next. This was cool, but now it's not. And, you know, he'll kind of get – and part of me thinks it's just because he's still a, a puppy. But okay. then, you know, it's – I'm trying to build that prey drive yeah. in him. So but he'll do it, but he – you could tell he's just like <laughs> – it's going to take a little bit more work with him. Gotcha. He's okay. not as – yeah, he's not as – yeah, just not about as yeah. ingrained into him as the as the Boykin. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're going to be very yeah. different Boykin, like you said. That's yeah. just his thing <laughs> that he's going to do mm. until the day he dies. Yeah. Um. Awesome, man. Going uh going back a little bit to again getting into upland hunting. This is very fresh for you. Um. So was it kind of like a fast and furious? Like, okay, you had that experience on the preserve, and you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Uh, take me through like what what was that progression like? Like then picking up your first dog. And also like what, like what, what challenges did you face or what obstacles did you have to kind of overcome? Like getting into this, picking up your own dog, et cetera. Okay. Um, well, uh, uh, well, when I picked up my first dog, um, when I picked up cotton, um, you know, I, 
I had a plan. So where, where I live at, I live right there on Lake Alatoona. Okay. So I, but I don't have lakefront property. So don't be thinking I'm some kind of rich, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, no, access this no. whole lake right there. Come on. Well, yeah. I, well, I have army Corps of engineer property. That's okay. a buffer. So oh. when we, we bought our house here like five years ago and there's like 80 acres that wraps around and it kind of is sporadic throughout the city and around the lake. You know, the army Corps of engineers owns that they run the lake. Okay. Well, no one can build in front of me. So I have this access to woods and the lake oh. and there's a boy scout um, hut that um, is like a army Corps of engineer building that they use. Okay. And they have about a half acre of, of like a field where a little grassy field where they go down there and they camp during okay. the summer or whatever. So when I was, you know, walking, you know, I like to go for walks and stuff like that, exercise, kind of, you know, go walk the little trails back through there. And I was like, man, this would be great to train if I ever got a dog. Sure. So I had that into my, into my thinking of like, okay, well, you know, I just didn't get a dog and then figure it out. I was like, okay, well, I had somewhat of a plan to yeah, how I was going to yeah, train. And I was like, well, I got the lake right here, man. I could just, you know, train them. Cause my, my whole thing was I was going to train them for waterfowl, you know, yeah. and you know, it, instead of upland, but you know, he's come to find out he's got a little bit better of a, a knack for the upland oh, nice. game than he, Yeah. So, but you know, uh, and, uh, what was, uh, one of the other, yeah. So just like, yeah. What, like what other challenges did you face, uh, I guess, getting into upland hunting? Like, you know, you've been at it about a year and a half now, like any, yeah. Any challenges that you face getting into the, into the, oh, yeah. this... the, it, it's, uh, I'm going to say it's probably access to birds is mm. probably one of the biggest challenges for me. Um, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, there's not, a, there's really almost no wild birds up this portion of where I'm at. Now we do have wild grouse, but they're very few and far between okay. up there in the North Georgia mountains. So, and there are pockets of quail here and there. Um, but you know, I don't have the wild, I can't just go out my back door like these guys out here in Kansas or Nebraska or South Dakota and just let their pup, sure. you know, go for a walk and yeah. point wild run, birds. run on wild birds. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but what we do have is pigeons, but a lot of the pigeons are on, you know, city property. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just, you got to ask permission to go trap and, you know, there, a lot of people, they're going to ask you, well, what are you going to do with them? And mm -hmm. so, you, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of a touchy subject with some people. So, so so some people are like, wait, yeah. you want to train a dog with them? What? They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Like, but, don't worry, you know, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sometimes you just don't need to you know, <laughs> tell them your whole full intentions, but you know, that's like the biggest challenge for me. And then, you know, obviously having property to go do that because, yeah. the, you know, when I was training my dog, one of the biggest concerns for me was introduction of gunfire because mm. I can't shoot a gun out here. I can't have a starter pistol unless mm. I want the cops called. And then that's going to be a whole, <laughs> situation. You so, don't want that. You don't want that. No, I, I don't want any problems with that, man. So especially being on federal property. Oh, you know, sure, training, sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they don't, they don't take kindly to that. No. So um, I had to, 
to try to, you know, reach out to guys I worked with at the firehouse, you know, who lived further out. Sure. And, you know, one of the guys I work with, he lives about an hour from where about 45 minutes from where I'm at. And it's really country. And he lives right next to a farmer who's got fields. So nice. You know, he had permission for us to go out there and let the dogs run. So we would meet up and we, I had to purchase some quail from a, a breeder. Okay. And so we had to, but you know, immediately we bought like 10 or so went out there planted them and mm. kind of did the whole gun introduction in nice. one day. Nice. Cause you know, you, you kind of have to with limited, you know, access to land and birds, you kind of, sure. I wouldn't it's, say it's, rush it's, things, but you have to take advantage of when you do have the opportunity. You do. Yeah. You got to maximize that time that you're spending doing these training exercises. Cause if, you know, I, when I first started out, I was driving an hour and a half, some, sometime plus one way to get onto property, go train and stuff like that. And so you gotta make the most yeah. of your time while you're, while you're out there. Um, yeah. have you ever, you were talking about pigeons and that, have you ever thought about, uh, like buying your own homing pigeons? Or like, do, and do you have the space to like do a little backyard pigeon coop? I do have a little bit of a space to build a small Johnny house, but okay. you know, the wife is not going to go for pigeons <laughs> pooping all over the place, you know? So, you know, that's, uh, you know, there's, there is some give and take with that. So sure, I, sure. I could do it, but it's easier just for me to just go out, get the birds yep. and, and handle it, you know, that day. So totally. And, and not have to yeah. upkeep and all that. Yeah. I, um, I just recorded a couple of days ago, uh, episode with uh, a guy named Jeff Lusk. Um, mm-hmm. you might, might reach out to him. He's, uh, our whole episode, we were, we dived into pigeon care and like, how do you raise pigeons and all that? So it, it was pretty interesting. If you're ever, if you're ever interested that, uh, that'll be dropping in a couple of weeks here, but, um, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, you know, when we would like to sell our home and kind of move a little further out so we can get sure. you know, on an acre or two, and then I could, you know, have yeah. build my own little Johnny house and totally, you know, totally. do it from that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, it sounds like, are you doing most of, uh, most of the training? It sounds like you're doing most of it yourself. Is that right? Yes. All of okay. it. Yes. Okay. What's like, what have you been reading or do you have any mentors in your life who are like helping you along this, this path of, of dog training or like what resources have you found helpful for you? Well, I think my biggest resource is, um, social media, um, mm-hmm. you know, through a lot of these, like, uh, like the Boykin Spaniel, society and then you have you know facebook pages that are dedicated just to that specific breed mm. that's you, know, you get a lot of information from those uh places and then i've joined a kennel club okay. um it's the Vizla club of metro atlanta okay and they have a lease um it's like a at least a like a 200 almost 300 acre farm about you know 45 minutes south of me and so they have a Johnny house, they have pigeons, you know, they got quail out there and they go out there and train. So, mm. but I have to go, I have to be accompanied with a member who's a member of that lease. Oh, so just okay. being a member of the club doesn't make me a member of that lease. So Property. that's like 400 bucks. Yeah. Gotcha. So okay. I already pay for a hunting lease for deer. Sure. So I don't want, you know, I can't afford to pay <laughs> sure, for just another. a place to let me another one. Yeah, sure. Sure. Is, is it, is it true? Uh, Georgia is primary. It's all uh, privately owned. I mean, a big majority of it, right? Well, we actually have a ton of public land. 
Do you? I mean, okay. we, yeah, oh yeah, we have like millions of acres of public land. A lot okay. of people don't know that, but okay. yeah, we have a, quite a bit. And matter of fact, um, the closest public land to me is Paulding Forest WMA. And they actually have, not every WMA has it or allows it, but they do have a dog training area there. Okay. And so it's, nobody can hunt on that. It's, you know, I think you can like run your 50, dog off leash kind of thing. Yeah. And I can plant birds, quail or pigeon, as long as I have a receipt, you know, okay. and the only, the only cons to that is they're, they only allow you to utilize that dog training area from August until March. Oh, okay. So right now I can't go out there. Gotcha. And, yeah, and when does, so, when does your wild bird season open? What month? Um, right around probably, I want to say uh, maybe November, October, November. Okay. Sometime. I, I have to look at the regs. Okay. But, but like um, a little bit certain, later in the yeah, fall. Yeah, I know our, like our woodcock um, comes in in January. Okay. Um, our grouse, I think, opens up a little earlier than that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Have you, have you chased so, the w- woodcock yet with your dogs? Um, yes, I have actually, um, it was by accident. Um, actually (laughs) I drew a, uh, a tag, um, a quota hunt, um, for jail Lester WMA and it's for quail. And so I reached out to, uh, the state biologist and I was asking him about, you know, what the population was Mm -hmm. up there. And he was like, there are quail there, but he's like, don't expect to be, you know, to run into like 30 or 40, you know, sure. it was like, if you flush one up and you get opportunity, consider that yeah, success. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, my buddy who's got a German short hair, um, probably, I think she's like three or four, she was out there running. And so I took my Boykin and it had rained and rained and rained. I'm talking about it, it was sloshy, nasty. Oh, so it was a one day hunt. It was the last day of the, um, you know, the wild bird season, it was late February. So I was like, you know what, we're going out here. I don't care. Let my dogs run. I don't, you know, it'll just be good exercise for them. Sure. And we had in this, this property is, you know, a couple hundred acres and they do a lot of dog field trials there in the off season. Okay. So it, it was groomed for upland and for that purpose. And we had, um, my dog, I know we got into some thick briars and it was on the edge of a, of a big, like five acre pond. And, um, you know, my dog started, he started getting a little birdie. I could tell something was going on and I saw a flash of something fly up and try to get out of the briars, but it didn't, it kind of went back down. And I was like, we were like, Oh my gosh, that's a quail. That's a quail. And we're like, we're getting pumped up. So we're starting to circle around. And then it, my dog flushed it again and it took off and we didn't have an opportunity, but I was like, that wasn't a quail. It had a, like a yellow belly and it had huh. like a weird kind of a tweety sound when it flew off. And I was like, that was a woodcock. I was like, wow. that was a woodcock. <laughs> and so, you know, it sure was crazy. Enough. I'd never, I had never seen a woodcock in a while up until that. Point. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Were you, were you able to chase them more that season or just that one, one experience or. Um, well, we had, um, we booked a, uh, a private land hunt. Okay. Um, on a hunting preserve for quail. Um, it was a few, it was like a week before that. 
Okay. Because I wanted him to get experience kind of sure. Yeah, just kind of get the uh you know, get knock the rust off and totally. Um and where we were hunting at, he had fields and pines, like you know, the kind of the traditional southern quail okay. you know, landscape. And I he he t- he put out like we had like you know, 30 something quail he put out. Yeah. And I was kind of a little ticked off how he did it. I, I kind of yeah. wanted him to put him out in a wide open, clear field so my dog could have a little bit easier okay, yeah, yeah. time finding them and just kind of getting yeah. on the birds. Yeah, send them but, up for success. Yeah, but what he did was he put them out and it was almost like a true wild hunt. We okay. had to go over, I mean, we had to really hunt for these birds. And, you know, after a while, like my dog had a flush and it kind of, he kind of was like, okay, like that kind of was surprising. And then (laughs) he had a couple more flushes and you could tell he was starting to understand how, you know, what, you know, how this was going to go. Like he started to understand the game. He was figuring it out as, yeah. Yeah. And And this is with the the Boykin? This is with the Boykin? Boykin. Okay. Yeah. So there, and you know, obviously we could have, I wish we would have shot better. We shot half the quail that he put out. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, shooting the pines is pretty difficult on quail. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but that is a true challenge, man. Sure. It is really tough. Hey, anytime and, you're in the, in woods like that, that's gotta be, a, that's gotta be tough with the trees and the branches and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, and so we, my buddy, his name is Frank. He's also, he's a paramedic. And okay. so he, he was, uh, he was over there to my left and my dog had flushed up a quail. Cause you know how quail do when you break them up, they'll eventually circle back and group up. Sure. So sure. That's what had happened. So we had went through this mm. portion and didn't find anything, but we came back and sure enough, he flushed up some, mm. my buddy, there was like a, a cubby of three and my buddy shot at all three missed all of them. Mm. And my dog, I'll never forget this my dog turned around and looked at me and barked at us. And he was kind of like, it was like a frustration bark. And I was like, Oh, he's ticked. He's ticked. Oh yeah. He was mad. And he was just kind of like, come on guys. Like, this is not like, you're supposed to shoot them. I'm supposed to go get them. Like this. And he was letting us know, man, he was not happy. That's that's awesome. So that's, that's when I was like, man, these dogs are smart, man. Yeah, It's just the intelligence. It's just like the intelligence level. Absolutely. Watching them figure something out on a, on a hunt like that is that's where they're figuring out the game, figuring out the wind, the, you know, the terrain. That's, that's the fun part. Yeah. And I kind of appreciated him doing that because it really made him, you know, it was actually probably better for him to hunt that way than it was. Yeah. Take them out a little more natural as far as spread out and tougher conditions. Like that's, it's always good when it's, it's a little tougher on the dog because they're going to, they're going to learn more, which is awesome. Yeah. And so like we learned, he learned, so it was learning for everybody, but we had a good time, man. So, <laughs> That's good. So That's really good, man. That's so fun. What, um, uh, how old are your dogs and what are, the, what are their uh, names? Um, my Boykin, uh, his name is cotton and huh? he is, he turns actually a year old, uh, May 9th. Okay. It, oh, the, yeah. oh, the Boykin's so my, young. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, okay. uh, yeah. So my German wire here, he's six months. His name is Binks. So okay. my wife named him after the cat in Hocus Pocus. Cause that's her <laughs> okay. favorite movie. She was like, you named the Boykin. I'm that's awesome. This. I was hey, like, oh, okay, honey. God. You let me have two yeah, bird whatever. dogs. Go ahead. Name it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know what? I did kind of, kind of buy that. But see, that was kind of a funny thing how we got him. Cause my sister lives in South Georgia and huh. she lives 
outside of a uh, plantation, like right. right, like her backyard. There's a fence. There's a plantation out there. Yeah. So she has a German short hair, and she also has another dog that apparently it was a uh, client's dog. From what the story I got, it was a client's dog and the plantation's dog. I guess got together, okay. got locked up, had a had a mix. Okay. And it was a German short hair and I think an English pointer mix. Oh, wow. And, it, you know, so they ended up having puppies together, uh, the mix and the uh, short hair. Sure. And she was trying to give them away. Yeah. And I was like, I turned to the wife and I was like, hey, my sister's got pups. Like, yeah. you know, what's one more dog? You know, yeah, here I got one. And, and she didn't really kind of, put that idea down so i was kind of <laughs> like okay well we were we were thinking about it I reached out to my sister and i was like oh we'll think about it well you know she ended up giving the dog away before we can you know pull the trigger on it sure and so i was like all right well i'm i'm buying us a dog and yeah, so I'll you, are, you already had the pump primed and you, yeah oh yeah i was like well i better do this before she says no so <laughs> smart and, man smart man yeah so i i told her you know i got her another dog and she was really thrilled about it. So I had to go to South Carolina to pick him up. So. Okay. Okay. That's awesome, man. That, it, while you were saying that, it just gave me an idea. I need to do an episode just all on how, ways we've convinced our spouses to <laughs> pick up, pick up new bird dogs. <laughs> oh yeah. That well, I mean, be... it's kind of, you know, her, her, her rationale was, well, what's one more? And I was like, yeah. right. Yeah. What is one more? Yeah. <laughs> what is, that's that's kind of like my wife and I with kids is like, what's one more? <laughs> We're like, yeah, what's one more? Yeah, what's yeah, one more? Uh, we're having that. We're having that conversation right now. So. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any right now? Or yeah, I got a um, I got a son right now. He's okay. he's going to be four years old in June. Okay, nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, very cool, man. Um, all right, let's. Uh, this is kind of, kind of the meat of our our conversation. We you know we we were chatting online for a little while just on uh, you know raising dogs in the burbs in the in these yeah. areas. You know, again, my I live in the suburbs and houses are close together. And mm-hmm. I, I got to get creative and, and you're kind of in the same boat with, you know, training and, and exercising, you know, your dogs. And so what, what are some things you've learned or, or again, challenges maybe you faced with living in the burbs and, uh, you know, getting your dogs trained, keeping them conditioned? Like what does, what does that look like for you? And what have you learned along the way? Uh, well, I've learned that, uh, you know, you can do a lot in your backyard. Um, you know, I bought a, uh, a Momar stand. And, you know, that helps me with place, um, obedience training, the stay, you know, so within, I guess I have a controlled environment. I have a fenced in backyard, so I can do recall and I can, you know, do a little bit of the, uh, retrieving skills mm. and I don't have to worry about my dog running out to the street, Sure, you know, and, you know, you, you kind of have to be creative. Like I said, you kind of have to go to like, the lake or something close by. Like I even, um, I really came this close to just knocking on somebody's door and just being like, Hey man, like, can I just bring my dog here and practice retrieving, Yeah, you know, because, you know, recently, and this is the things like a part of the challenge that you got to face with is my, my Boykin, he's injury prone. And we'll probably get to that in a second, but this is his like second injury I've had with him, but he cut his paw. Um, while we were training at the lake um, okay. here recently um, because, you know, people are, you know, terrible and they'll bring glass and they'll break oh, it. And leave it. 
And so he must have cut his paw on some glass because I didn't bring my stand that day. I was like, okay. you know what, whatever, we're just going to unhook him. We're just going to do some from land to, sure. you know, water instead of being on the stand. Yep. And I, he didn't act like anything was wrong. I didn't notice anything. Um, and that's just how tough these dogs are, man. Sure. Like, they will fight through pain to do whatever for you. And mm. so we get back to the house and, you know, my wife's like, why is he limping? And there's blood on the carpet. Oh, I'm just like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> and he had about an inch gash on his paw, man. It comes Ooh. right to the meat. Yeah. Ooh, and so, yeah. So he had to get, um, you know, a couple staples yeah. in, his, in his paw. Oh, and, that you know, sucks. Yeah. And, you know, and, and another injury he had is when he was five months old, we were out at my buddy's property, uh, you know, training for quail and, we had planted a few. He flushed them up, and my buddy shot, you know, about 30 yards away, went down to a little thicket. Mm. He was kind of, you know, that little, little, you know, the spaniel little hop. The hop, yeah, yeah. Kinda like the yeah, bob, the yep, up and down. Yeah, yep. they, yeah they were just kind of bobbing through the, uh, the thick grass. And next thing you know, he comes up whelping and lame. Mm. And, you know, this is October, so this is like the week before Halloween. Okay. And it's still hot. Like Georgia is hot. It's like 80 sure. degrees, 90 Ooh. degrees is hot. Sure. Yeah. So, it, but we, we did this kind of mid morning. I thought snake had bit him. Mm. Honestly, believe, I said, oh my God, a snake is, you know, cause that's like one of my biggest fears about sure. training dogs it, out here is just, you know, we got, you know, venomous snakes running everywhere. Sure. And, but he had, I guess, fell into a hole mm. and broke his elbow. Oh, no way. Yeah, so Jeez. I had to take him to my vet, and the vet was like, yeah, I can fix him, but he needs to go to a specialist because he's a working dog, and if he has any chance of being sure. a normal life, you need to take him here. So I had to okay. take him to a specialist. You know, $4,200 later. Oh, uh, yeah, oh five, five yeah. months old. Oh, yes, and a plate and two screws. Oh, dang. His right elbow, but you couldn't tell he has really kind of – Yeah, yeah, he healed That's up great. great. And, you know, you know, and the water retreats and swimming yeah. is what the doctors were saying. Hey, th that's going to be great for him. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. Low not, impact and low impact. Yeah. It keeps some, keeps the joint up. So I've had to, you know, kind of be mindful. I bought like, uh, you know, salmon oil, stuff okay. like that, kind of like to help him with his joints. And yeah. so it's, you know, that's like a learning in itself was like, you know, how to deal with injuries because, you know, sure. You know, these dogs aren't indestructible. You know, you take them out into the elements, you know, sometimes they're going to get banged up. And, you know, that wasn't something I was ready for at five months old. But Oh, sure. Be, yeah, you're not, you're and, not thinking and, and about it wasn't that. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like I was running them hard. You know, it sure. was like, like you said, I have to take advantage of my training. And so it, we were, that was the first time I was able to get them on birds probably in, you know, a month and a half. And okay. so we just went out there because yeah. my schedule and family obligations you know, in life. Totally. And, got, and so that was a, uh, that was a challenge in itself. We're just having to deal with that. And yeah, well, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's tough. You're not thinking about, you know, those, those kind of serious injuries, you know, especially a yeah. young pup and, and just when you're out, you know, training like that, but those, those crazy things can happen for sure. And, you know, and I took him to uh, Arkansas this fall. I actually okay. went on two hunts and I was able to take him on one. Um, oh, nice. I went in one in December and one in January. And I took, a, I took him on the hunt in January because I was trying to build him up for 
as much as possible. I was trying yeah. to give him a heavy dose of action yeah. because he had been hurt and, yeah, yeah. and kind of lamed up. So I was trying to, you know, just get him back in the saddle, so to speak. And sure. uh, luckily, um, the outfitter I was with, um, he was like, yeah, man, just bring him. And, you know, he and was we, that a, we were, was that waterfowl hunt when you went to Arkansas? That was a waterfowl hunt. Okay. Yeah. And so I had a, uh, a flooded timber hunt okay. um, that morning. The first morning we went down there. This was his first exposure to a boat ride, riding okay. a gator, like or side by side. Like Bunch this was his first Bunch oh yeah. First time being on a a Momar stand. Mm. Like I didn't have one prior to that. Sure. So it was a lot for him to figure yeah, out. That's a ton. The first time, like first time hunting in like flooded timber on ducks, like he had never seen a a, a duck yeah. until then. Like, but we got skunked that morning. Like it was, it was crazy. We got sure. skunked. Oh yeah. So like he, and you know, my God was like, Oh man, I feel terrible. You know? So he took us out to yeah. get whatever, but he was really, sure. ho- he was rooting for my dog. He was like, oh, I yeah. was really hoping. And you know, that was kind of cool to see, you know, that side, you know, the waterfowl community, they're a tight knit group. And, oh, sure. You know, but they can also be like really, you know, so tight knit that they don't <laughs> want you. And so that's I've noticed that about the Upland community. They're sure. more open and free. Sure. About, you know, but, you know, the waterfowl community, they're a little bit more closed yeah. off. But, you I, I, know. Yeah. Every group, every group's got those pockets of like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But, you know, he was, he was really cool and he was like giving me training tips. That's cool. And yeah. So it was kind of cool to, to get that side of training because when the versatile dog you know you yeah. kind of have to figure out how to train them for both and that's kind of hard you, you do so, yeah because you got to understand the waterfall side then the upland side and and you're going to get yeah because it's kind of like having yeah almost like two dogs and separate things but it's one dog yeah. doing two separate things yeah. but you know we had we had a couple of um we we, we kind of took some passing shots kind of sky busted at some snow geese and yeah. specks flying over just because, you know, it was like, no, nothing was really working in our area. Sure. So and I thought that my, I thought cotton was going to have an issue with how the echo effect happens on water. I mm. thought that I was like, man, you know, if he's going to have a bad reaction to gunfire, it's going to be here. Sure. He, he handled it like a pro. Didn't That's even, great. didn't even acknowledge it. He was actually looking up at the sky, mm. watching these birds. Like he was engaged. Yeah. And so the next day we had a two day spec snow goose hunt so we were hunting an a-frame blind we had like 10 dudes uh-huh. and i brought him in there and he did not like the 10 gun salute at all okay like at all like he <laughs> he didn't yell for freak out but yeah. he was kind of like like what is this, that what is this that? is and a lot went, yeah yeah it was a lot of new at him, and i kind of realized i was like yeah i need to pump the brakes a little bit because sure. sometimes like Put them on too much new, trying to maximize your opportunities probably isn't the best approach yeah, yeah. in everything. So, like, and I and I told the guy, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, I hate to do this, but I, I need to take my dog back to the kennel." And yeah, you know, the kennel, the dog, the trucks were like <laughs> a half a mile back, <laughs> and and the, and one of the uh, he had like a a guy working for him there, yeah. helping call, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'll take back on side by side, no problem." Oh, nice. We put it back in the kennel, you know, all was good. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, that's good. You recognize that, you know, cause again, a lot, like you said, a lot of it's new overwhelming and, and to be able to recognize like, okay, th- we tried it. Let's, let's pump the brake a little bit. That's, that's really good. And, you know, we got them like when we, 
we, we took a couple of the geese we shot and we took them out of the kennel, let them run around. We got back and we were playing. And he, you know, obviously like a new bird, like he'll bark at it. He'll, and he'll go over there and nudge it and kick it and just kind of yeah, figure cu- out what curious, this thing yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Cause he, the only experience he's had was, was quail. Sure. So, and that was like the snow goose is like half the size of him. <laughs> so, but like he figured out, he picked it up and just shook it. And then was running around with it like he had just went out there and made like a hundred yard blind retrieve and came yeah. back. He's all proud with his chest. <laughs> That's <poking> awesome. <laughs> and so, so he uh, he figured it out quick that you know yeah can, you know th- these things ain't that scary. But <laughs> you know, it, but like the ten guns, you know the the whole blind situation. I actually was trying to train him for that, and I reached out to uh, a couple of gun ranges because I had people who I met and contacted through the Boykin you know, Facebook pages that were yeah. like, take him to a gun range, you know, play, play with a bumper with them. And, and, you know, I called a couple of them and said, Hey, can I just do that? They were like, no, do mm. not bring your dog here. Yeah. We do not, don't even think about it. Sure. And so I was like, man, like, I don't know 10 guys that are just willing to come out and, and even practice <laughs> to, that, to replicate that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Much less like have, you know, the, the space to do that. Sure. So I don't know you know, how I'm ever going to be able to, I guess like slowly add guns, maybe like, I don't know how we're going to maybe take them to a dove shoot, maybe this yeah. fall. I yeah, could yeah. probably replicate yeah, something. You, yeah. And, even, and I'm sure maybe just more, more gunfire, more single gunfire from you. And then, yeah, grab a buddy or two. And, and that again, trying to replicate as best as you can, you know, I think that, yeah. you know, is but I, I've noticed with him, you know, taking him on these hunts is he, when he's focused and he can see the action, yeah. like he doesn't like, it's not as, you know, it doesn't efface him at all. Sure. But he's, if, he's more you know, focused in on the, the birds, the sky, and, the know, birds. And, yeah. Yeah. Or he's, 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 you know, trying to smell them out. And, and so he's got a task that he's, that he can do. And yeah. so he's focused on that. So, getting him accustomed to the blind is going to be hard. And, you know, I've, I actually have thought about, you know, sending him off to train eventually, you know, to work on his force fetch. Cause I'm, I'm trying to do the force hold stuff. And, okay. You know, it's just, he'll do it, but then I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or, you know, if I just got to keep, you know, the, you know, the persistence of it, but it's sure. just, I, I feel like, you know, he's going to mature. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. He's a year, Absolutely. year old. Absolutely. Like the more, more time you Just, spend with him, yeah. he's going to, you know, you're going to develop that, that bond. He's going to mature and and come into kind of his own. And so you got a lot of good years ahead. How to, how to stay on the Momar stand. Like he's just figuring out stay. Cause like, you know, I've had to like, I'll throw out the bumper in the backyard and he'll be there. And I was like, stay, stay. And, and he, and I kind of put two fingers right up underneath his collar very lightly uh-huh. And then, you know, I'll eventually just kind of take it off and just let him yeah. sit there yep. and I'll tell him to go fetch it. And he'll, he'll do it. So nice. I think, like you said, it's just yeah, the building blocks. It's just getting, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's fun, man. That's fun. What, uh, what's probably the most creative thing you've had to do with, with training in the, in the suburbs? What's and you said you almost knocked on someone's door to <laughs> see if you yeah, could use, use really their lake close, front. What, what else have you yeah. had to do? Just <laughs> living in the burbs and, and train your dogs. Um, for conditioning, you know, cause you know, a boy can spaniel, especially mine, like he's got a moat, like you cannot tire him out. I haven't figured out a way <laughs> to make this dog tired. So, you know, for his conditioning, like I'll just like, 
you know, hook a, you know, his leash on him and I'll go for a, a run. I'll run a yeah. mile with him yeah. and he will pull like a, you know, a sled dog. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just like, man, I don't, I'm afraid to run two miles with him, you know, just cause <laughs> you know, he's going to, he's going to out, you know, he's going to make me tired. He's just know? getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, I'll go down there to uh, the boy scout area mm-hmm. and that's how I kind of taught him hand signals because nice. I bought a couple of books were very old books, but I've read them because a lot of people who I reached out with were like, Hey, get a book, sure, read it, you know. And I'm not that kind of guy to learn from that. But luckily, they had pictures <laughs> of what <laughs> nice. the guy was trying pictures to do. are always so, helpful. Yeah, I'm a visual learner, you know. So, like, and he was telling them, like, for flushing breeds, you know, you and it's crazy, he figured it out so yeah. quick, yeah, like, and so, like. I would kind of have to walk in a zigzag pattern in that field. Mm. And I would just, you know, tell him, you know, Hey, go left. And I'd kind of start walking that way and he'd get, and I would, you know, I bought some, uh, from Gundog Supply. I don't know, you know, if you're their yeah, sponsor yeah. of the show or whatever. Yeah, but. <laughs> they're, they're not, but Hey, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, Hey, Hey, yeah. but I bought some, uh, some of the, the pheasant scent. Oh yeah. And I would put it on a, a bumper and I, you know, zip tied some, uh, Wing, wings fez, to yeah, it, yeah. and I and I and I would drag it, and then I would stuff it under some pine straw underneath a tree or something, and I would have them just kind of doing that quartering nice in this little you know half acre little mode area, and uh, so that's been my biggest like you know creative thing, and then yeah. just like um, you know I'll I dr- I'll drive to different parts of the lake and just kind of um, there's like a it's core property, but it's a, a public camping area. Okay. And during the winter time, and I was like, well, you know, I was gonna, trying to get him ready for Arkansas. So I was like, he's never been in water colder than like mm. 70 degrees. I'm like, he's, he's got to, you know, get acclimated to it somehow. So I had to, I had to drive over there because they closed it off. Mm. for the winter okay but you could still go over there and fish or you know or, or whatever so i popped a little sure. gate because you could park outside and i went around it took him down there and was just nice you know doing like cold water um acclimation training sure. you know so and that's, you know, that's good, good experience I, and yeah because you don't want to get yeah. to a colder day and he's like ah i'm good because uh, you know arkansas you know a lot of people don't know but it can get cold man especially oh, sure. without wind man sure. It's just I wanted my dog to to get exposed to as much of that as possible, so he just didn't you know freeze up or you know say you know what or shut down. Because sure. you know, with these dogs, you kind of have to. And that's another thing too. I wanted to see how much my dog could withstand, and so I can know. Okay, this is he's starting to get cold. Yeah, yeah you kind of know the 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 threshold. Yeah, because I know every dog's different, and you know I know these dogs can handle a lot from you know watching you know these guys post pictures their dog being iced out and these boys <laughs> sure, sure. and even the you know the german wire hairs and you're know, having the oh, ice sure. crystals on their beard yeah. and they're tough dogs i just me being a new bird dog owner and dealing with the injuries i was kind of a little bit gun shy sure with, you know training my dog and that's something i've had to mentally get over is you know what that was a freak accident because i kind of sure. blame myself Think a things lot are gonna that. happen oh things are gonna happen man it just you know i just i kind of was like man you know was i going too hard with them you know was it was it you know 
you know, what, what did I do wrong that I sure. put him in a situation where he shouldn't have been? And, you know, because having to carry your dog out with a broken leg oh, yeah. and crying is oh. just not a good no. feeling at all. Yeah. Oh. So, and, and so I never want to have to deal with an infield emergency, but it did make me more conscious of the fact that that can happen and you need to be prepared. Sure. So I have a dog medical kit now that I yeah, carry with good, me. Good, good. So I, I, it's kind of a silver lining. It's, you know, yeah. and it's all part of learning because you, when you get a bird dog, especially for me, I thought yeah. these dogs are just tough as nails. Like nothing's sure. going to happen. Sure. They're wrong. Like that's like it happens all the time. Yeah. And and a lot of it happens while you're training. Yep. Training, so hunting be, doesn't. Yeah. Those things can happen any, any time. And you know, whether it's a barbed wire or uh, who knows another animal, coyote snakes, like, you know, I mean, weird thing, yeah. weird shit's going to happen. The more, more people are at this. And at you know, this. my, my wire hair, I almost lost him. Like he, he, um, he had just received his, uh, you know, all like his sick, like his shots, like all his boosters, like everything that you need sure. to be, I guess, like, I'm not a vet, but all the shots that he needed up. So basically all he needed was his rabies, and like a booster shot. Sure. And we wanted to take him to South Georgia with us on a trip to see my family. Mm-hmm. And we took him with us. So we got an Airbnb that was dog friendly. And, you know, uh, me being new and naive a little bit, I thought, well, because my dog is fully vaccinated, I could take him to, Mm. Like the Bucky's where the dog area is to let him use the restroom, stretch his legs a little bit. Sure. You know, I've done it with my dog to, while I took him to Arkansas. He has no issues. Well, my dog, my, you know, uh, Binks, the wire hair, he picked up a nasty viral infection. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, when we got back from the trip, he started acting a little lethargic. And okay. He felt really warm, didn't want to eat or drink. Oh, no. And so, yeah, so, you know, it was a week, almost two weeks to recover from that. And the vet, yeah. they couldn't figure out what was wrong with them. Oh, they gosh. just described it as a dog flu. Okay. So, you know, $2,000 later, <laughs> of, course. Bills, of course, of <laughs> course, you know, my vet was like, man, dude, you got, you've luck. gotten doused yeah. with, with injuries and oh man. Yeah. But, no tax yeah. return for me. I can tell you yeah. that it all went to pay <laughs> oh. off. But I, I'll tell you this, I, I preach to people, you know, if you're going to do this, I luckily had, um, is cause you know, with AKC breeze, like you get that free month of pet insurance. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I had that and I was in the window to re up. Oh, okay. So I was able to re up his pet insurance and oh, nice. it covered, oh, nice. it covered a lot of, the bill, but I still had to pay, you know, but it was oh, not sure. as, yeah. Well, so, not as bad as what could have been. Yeah. So, you know, me and my wife, that's another lesson we learned is, you know what, if you're going to have these dogs, yeah. you know, maybe you should look into it because I mean, you can say, Oh yeah, I'll just save up to, yeah. for a vet. No, you won't. No, you won't. Sure. You're not. <laughs> exactly. You know, not, you got, not with yeah. gas giving an expensive yeah. food. You're not going to say, you got you know, kids, you, just, you got feed. You know, we got yeah. all those other priorities and, and yeah, things, things happen. Yeah. So we got dog insurance on now and, you know, you know, knock on wood, yeah. nothing else is going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could handle another vet oh. emergency like that, man. It yeah. was just, and I mean, I was literally having to hand feed and water my dog, and, oh, but gosh. you know, like 
you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. Sure. No amount of money. Sure. You know, you're going to spend whatever you got to take care yeah. of your dog. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. Because, you know, like they would do, they would go through a brick wall for you. And I've oh, seen that with my dog. Like running, asking my dog to run through briars, mm-hmm. going to ice and cold water. Like yeah. I wouldn't do that. No, but, heck you know, no. He's doing it. Yeah. He's wagging his tail, having a great time. <laughs> and so like, I think being new to Upland, you know, and, you know, the sport and just kind of new to bird dogs in general, yeah. like you kind of learn to like have that appreciation for, for your dog. Sure. And then, you know, training him myself is kind of been like watching him progress in the field. It's kind of like, yeah, you know what? Like, you know, I helped him. Like, yeah. Most of it's probably 99% of his natural ability, but sure, like, sure. man, like he's responsible respond like when you get compliments from your buddies yeah when you go out that's kind of like yeah it builds everyone's dude, confidence. Did great <laughs> yeah so it was like, yeah that's cool man well, that's so cool that's so cool man dude this has been fun um one one thing we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up here one thing i like to ask everyone and uh, this will be fun coming from again someone who's who's newer to the to upland hunting and, and bird dogs what's what's some advice you'd give out uh, some advice you would give to another rookie out there who's who's just getting into this maybe someone's couple months behind you, a year behind you, just getting into upland hunting and bird dogs. What's, what's something you would share with them? Um, probably, you know, yeah, you got to be creative. Don't be afraid to travel. Um, and if you're going to spend your money, spend it all on birds, hmm. spend it on pigeons, find a guy, you know, get on these Facebook groups and reach out and be like, Hey man, like I live so-and-so like where's the nearest bird guy. Uh, you know, or quail, like if you're going to spend your money and time, you know, like I said, a bird dog is not a bird dog without birds. And that's mm-hmm. what I've read. That's what everybody says. Sure. And, you know, do your best to, and you know, and if you, if you get one and you have to, you know, dispatch it, you know, freeze it. Yeah, I got two quail right now. It freaks yeah. my wife out. They're all like <laughs> saran wrap, like mummy style sitting on top of all our food. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'll get it out and, you know, that way I got birds I can train with retrieve or yeah. 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 Or throw out in the water. I can do whatever that way. I'm not like stressed about it. Cause that's always been like my, my biggest stress. And that's my biggest advice to the new, new guys is like, just, they're, well, yeah, birds are their, birds are a resource. We got to maximize yeah. that resource as much as we can, and whether it's yeah, like you said, freezing those those birds or um, yeah, be creative. I think that's that's really really good advice. Yeah, love, and don't be afraid that. to knock on doors, man. Like, yeah, the worst thing they can do is tell you no. And yeah. if you're not like, you know, a lot of people, especially where I'm at, like they don't want you coming around like hunting or asking to hunt, you know, they kind of like, no, that's for family. That's for us. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Can I just let my dog jump in the pond and go retrieve her? Like, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So I think a lot of more people are, are more open to that idea than you would think. Yeah. That's great. Cool, man. Um, we are going to, uh, go through rapid fire section at the end here. Um, so i got a couple questions for you. Just going to give me your off the cuff okay. answer and, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Um, this one is not on the outline I sent you. So this is a new one. Oh, okay. uh, fin- okay. Finish the sentence. Uh, what makes upland hunting so fun? Uh, For you. The dogs. The okay. dogs. Okay. Hands down, 100% the dogs, man. Okay. Love it. Uh, what gun are you carrying out into the field and why? I just bought a, uh, you know, don't tell the why, a uh, <laughs> CZ till uh, 16 gauge. Over oh, nice. Nice. I, yeah. 
but a uh, fun fact, I haven't shot it yet. The okay. first hunt I had it on, I gave it to my buddy to shoot so I can work my dog. Okay. So like, I, haven't, I haven't even shot it yet, but yeah, that's yeah. the one I'm taking on. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. Is that your first over yeah. under? Uh, yes. Um, okay. and I'm, I got a trip planned, uh, in Kansas this fall, you know, hopefully if gas prices, you know, can come down, <laughs> yeah, I'll be able hopefully. to make it, man. Cause hopefully I'm going to the Kansas. Yeah. So. But that's what I'm going to take with me out there to Kansas. Hopefully, is that is that the gun with the like the uh, OD green barrel? No, no, no. This I think you could get it in that, but okay. like uh, mine's just straight wood and a blue barrel. Okay, nice. That's that's cool. Um, all right, favorite dog breed besides the ones you own? Oh yeah. See, I I did a lot of research, went down a lot of rabbit holes for this, and I have to say. Uh, I probably will butcher this, but it's like a Llewellyn setter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Llewellyn's. Yeah, man. Those dogs look just super cool. Like, and especially like in the grouse woods of like, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, wherever. I mean, they just look sexy on a point. Yeah. They got that, that dark, that black and that, I don't know, that brown patchy color they have. Yeah. The ticked and their white. And it's just like the way they, the way they look on a point is really cool. Yeah. Those are, those are cool looking dogs for sure. Um, what, uh, what trips do you have? Do you have any trips planned this year out of state or are you staying in Georgia? Uh, going to, uh, Kansas, hopefully in November for pheasant opener. Um, nice. so I'm super pumped about that. Never been to Kansas, nice. hunting, never been on any wild birds. So that's, uh, that's, that's my one out of state trip, but this year, this is going to be probably the most difficult. I'm trying to go to North Georgia to get on some wild grouse. Okay. Um, you know, that's, uh, I've talked to our state biologist about it. He said, if you get you know, one to two flushes, uh, on a hunt, consider yourself lucky. And you're probably uh-huh. going to walk about eight, eight to 10 miles up mountainous terrain to get that one to two mm-hmm. flushes. So it's going to be pretty tough, but I'd like to try, you know? Okay. Yeah. Heck, heck yeah, man. Um, yeah. favorite, favorite bird to hunt. It's got to be the quail, the Bob well, White, just because okay. it's it's just southern. It's just what I think represents the South, and, and you know, in upland hunting, and they taste really good, smothering gravy, man. So, oh hell, I mean yeah. anything in uh, gravy. <laughs> oh yeah, anything. <laughs> All right, uh, and then one more a beverage of choice after a hunt. Oh yeah, see, I'm a bourbon guy, man. Okay, I like a, I like a. Uh, Wild turkey one-on-one, man. Okay. I like a higher proof, man. I like a little bit of a bite and just you know, <laughs> putting on some rocks or drinking meat. You know, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then uh, last one, any, any goals you have this summer uh, for your dogs training? Like what's, what's kind of like your highest priority with training this summer? Well, it's kind of different because I, my dogs are at two different stages. So like I want my boykin to, to, not be force fetch, but to clean up his retrieving a little bit. Okay. And, and you know, and I want to keep, I want to work on my, uh, my wire hairs, uh, recall, you know, going from a flusher who won't go more than 40 yards mm. to a pointer who will go about a hundred yards scares the crap out of me, especially sure. living where I live. So you kind of have to keep a check on that. Sure. And yeah, so you know, <laughs> yeah. Spano, I don't have to, yeah. no, no, no but those, those, yeah, those, those pointing breeds, man, they'll, uh, they'll get out there. Have you, uh, have you invested in like a GPS collar yet or for the pointer? No, not yet. That's okay. my next big purchase. Okay. I got a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, I guess a, uh, I want to call e-collar. it a shot car, a e-collar. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, but I'm, 
kind of hesitant to introduce that to him right now. Just sure. Because, sure. Like, yeah. He's young. He's got time. Yeah. Let him, let him develop so, a little bit, but yeah, that, that yeah. I, I will just say a plug GPS collars. They gave me so much more peace of mind. Um, back when I was starting yeah, out with, with my that. dog, it, it terrified me. I heard some horror stories about dogs being lost mm-hmm. and it, yeah, GPS collar gave me a lot of, uh, peace of mind. So. Cause a, a good looking hunting dog, that'll get picked up real quick. A hundred percent. Somebody. Yeah. hundred percent. There's a, a story. My, my mentor told me he, uh, I think this was, I think he had GPS collar on, on his dog, but dog was out, I don't know, five, 600 yards and just kind of like couldn't find a dog. And it's kind of, o- kind of open area. He's looking, he can't see the dog. He looked for, for quite a while and he's like following the GPS signal. And he's like, says he's like 10 feet from a dog. He's like, where the heck is this dog? And dog ended up falling in about an eight foot hole and just laying oh in, gosh, laying in the bottom of the hole. Couldn't get out. And he's like, if he didn't have that, that GPS collar, I mean, he would, he, you have no clue where that dog was, you know, in the, in the middle of this field, just down this hole. So well, crazy, funny thing crazy stuff that, happens. Like, my buddy lives kind of on the foothills of the Appalachian mountains and he's got an old a moonshine steel that's like in a 20 foot cave, like on mm. his property. Mm. And, you know, you or your dog, you know, there's stuff like that still sure, out there. Sure. And you never know, man. Like, like you said, that's, that's pretty scary. So yeah, stuff can happen for sure. So, well, Scott, this, uh, this has been a blast, man. Thanks for uh, just sharing a little bit more about you and, and your journey into upland hunting and, and bird dogs. I think it's been fun to just get that perspective and, and hear some of that through uh, someone who's been in it for, for a couple of years now. So thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Just, yeah. uh, just glad to share my story and hopefully, you know, there's guys like there, like me, who are like new to bird hunting, uh, yeah. any type waterfowl or upland, yeah. you know, and new to bird dog training. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's podcasts like this really kind of, you know, I, I listen and I take notes, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good way to learn. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, reaching out people, ask, asking questions, things like that. It's, it's how we all learn and figure things out. So it's keep at it, man. And, and good luck this, this season coming up. No, I appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Thanks so much, Scott. It's been, been a blast. Yes, sir. You too. Have a good one. Uh, You too. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on episode 42. Scott, thanks so much, man. Thanks for sharing your story, sharing your passion. Uh, Excited to see your journey continue uh, with those two young pups. And uh, yeah, excited to be cheering you on uh, from over here in Colorado. Hey guys, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget, uh, keep sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your aunts, your uncles, your brothers, sisters, cousins, nephews. I don't care if they like dogs, they like hunting, uh, upland, uh, just getting out there in the wild. Um, Share this podcast with them. Let them know it exists. Let them know it's out there. And uh, either share it on your social media, uh, Facebook, if you use that, whatever it might be. Um, But we really appreciate it. Um, other than that, don't forget, we got the giveaway coming up with Pointer Traditions. You could win a leash and the brand new Wing Shooter Vintage Camo Collar that Pointer Traditions just released last week, uh, selling like hotcakes. And so, uh, again, stay tuned. Next few days, uh, Pointer Traditions and I both will have info out on our social media how you can win this spring training combo pack. So, stay tuned for that. Hey guys, don't forget, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.